Today we are recapping episode two, and um, I think we have some differing opinions on this one, so I'll be interested to see what everyone thinks. Um, I liked the episode, even though I thought it was kind of jumpy, like very disoriented, but I did like it. Um, So let's go ahead and start where we usually start with Liz and Max. And that first scene where it's a very awkward post non-proposal conversation um, when Max not so subtly like ran his finger over her ring finger. I was like, emotional manipulation. That's what Max is good at. Mm -hmm. I didn't even notice that. So I'm paying so much attention. I would have to pay attention to Max Evans to notice things like this. I don't pay attention. Uh Uh-uh. No. I hope they don't harp on this the whole season. Like because you can't give the woman the ability, as she should, to say no. And then for for pretty for, for valid reasons, obviously, whatever she's feeling is valid. And then have have her have the strength to say no at this moment. And then like emotionally manipulate her the whole season to be like, oh, are you sure you don't want to get married? Ooh, marriage. Like that would be pretty fucked up. <clears throat> but science Liz is back, which I'm very happy about. Like the, the Liz of the last episode didn't feel like Liz to me. You know, where she, she doesn't care, I guess, about like, sciencey alien stuff like that's been her whole like life for three seasons and I understand that she's like on this journey to find like a, a work-life balance right or an alien life balance um but this feels more like Liz than episode one did yeah I think you know in the scenes not necessarily in the scenes where she was teaching I think she generally likes teaching and having you know being a mentor and stuff like that even though she's still learning how to do that um but the scenes with um with Kyle at Deep Sky uh did feel like she was kind of repressing a part of herself um or like actively taking herself out of that so um so yeah I'm glad I'm just still very confused about the um, Dr. Myers of it all I'm still kind of like I got the feeling that she hated her like that Myers hated Liz I'm still kind of like waiting to see where this is going I don't think it's going to be good for Liz but um, we'll see I think it's an interesting choice to bring back the OG Max and Liz and make them both I mean okay OG Max turned out to be not a bad guy but like bring them in and they're initially both the quote unquote bad guy. Oh, I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think, I think if I were those actors, that would be, how else would you come back? You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't come back as Max and Liz. I think I, I, I hope that she doesn't like Liz. I hope it's a, it, it's a good conflict that ends well. Um, just because, I mean, I don't know, not everybody's going to like each other. Liz would, Liz would do well to have people, you know, not, necessarily like her but respect her it would be interesting yeah I totally agree with that it's just kind of like Liz still sees her as a mentor so it's not something that happened between them that Liz is aware of so I'm still kind of like okay presumably I mean I don't think we know enough information to make any of those yeah unfortunately not yet I personally think it would be hilarious if Liz has no idea that that Dr. Myers hates her and she's and Dr. Myers is over there like bitch eating crackers towards Liz the whole time. <laughs> um, speaking of science, Liz, I got super excited by the return of science bros. Finally. Finally, which will, I'll, 
we'll talk about the Michael of it all later. Um, but I was just, I, I love their scenes together, you know, glamorous and glamorous. And I feel like we hadn't had that in a minute. And yeah. So I, I'm not even sure what happened in the scene. I was just sitting there with science bros. No. What do we do? We ever know what's happening in the science no. stuff? No, no. It's just it's it's just so cute how excited about getting about science and like they speak gibberish for me to each other. And I don't I don't know. It's just so cute and I love them. Um, we did get a few scenes between them that were more like, um kind of in-laws kind of situation. Um, but I'm excited for both of them to get back into science, Michael as well. For sure. Um, going back really quickly to Dr. Myers and her wife, like as a Battlestar Galactica fan, I was super excited to see Rekha Sharma on, on the show. Um, yeah, sorry, Amanda, you're not- In the middle of it, had no idea who she was. And then Katie was like, oh, yeah, she's married to Allie. And I was like, yeah, but I pretend I don't know who Allie is. Because the characters are so introduced so poorly and so long ago. And I don't remember names anyway. That I was just like, I don't know who this random woman is. It took me a solid while to put it into context. So, you know, I'm lost as always. I do like her, though. I like Shivani. I hope that she doesn't turn out to be a bad guy. I don't I like her. I think there's... I like she the idea really of sad. having somebody who's not who's not Dr. Myers. If there's going to be some conflict there, yeah. Um, there were some lines that I were I was kind of conflicted. Um, you know, when she says, like, when they went on their honeymoon or whatever it was, and she just bought the island or whatever. Uh, and I was like, and she was, she said, I did it for love, not for like, it wasn't about money, it was about love. And I was like, well, you still bought the island though. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Um, I do like that she seems to be the one who's going to be a little bit more of um, Liz's mentor in terms of work life, work, yeah, work life balance. Um, because she seems to have that together. So I did like that. And I did like that. Um, Liz kind of caught up immediately with that. Um, I'm still not sure about, you know, her getting Liz to do research for her and all the money issue and the ethical issues. I think they're always the same ones, kind of like with Generex last season. Um, we kind of still, you know, going in I just don't trust about rich this. people. I don't trust yeah. rich people and I don't yeah. trust and I don't and I eat, like eat the rich. Like, I don't know what she's there. I just feel like they always have an ulterior motive. I don't know. She seems, I mean, they had a great conversation, really helped Liz, but the, you just, we just don't ever know these characters enough. I'm ne- I never trust them. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, some of them have proven themselves and I'm still like, they're going to turn out to be bad. Yeah. And I think, you know, at the same time, I do understand that scientists need money to do to you know conduct the research and everything but I don't know as long as it's like a privately owned firm with all the money behind it I don't know maybe I'm just mistrustful I don't know I do like the idea like this guy than the Generex I just I, I like this the idea of this kind of funding for Liz more than the Generex because the Generex just always seemed like you know, there was always going to be like deep conflict there. And so you think if your options are like Generex and Deep Sky, this might be a viable option if it turns out that they're not, you know, evil overlords. Okay, one more thing about Liz and Max that I want to talk about. Why are we supposed to care about Vanessa? I don't, I don't care. She I seems like a Vanessa Rosa was. substitute. Um, she is a Rosa substitute. It's a poor copy of Rosa. Why is this, why are we reliving this? She's got to be important somehow, obviously. I mean, we're, we're obviously missing, you know, we'll, we'll find out eventually why she's so important to Liz or whatever, but it's just like, you know, season two, Rosa all over. It's just the same conflict all over again. What is the point? <laughs> I hope we come to a, a point it's, it, eventually because now it's just pissing me off. Yeah, I don't know if I wanted to be already resolved with, 
she got a job at the diner and that was it you know Liz managed to help her in some way and that was it because I I guess yeah giving Liz like a purpose maybe I don't know if that was what it was supposed to you know I don't know because I don't really want to spend more time on this but at the same time like it's bound to be important if you spend like two episodes of Liz on this um but yeah I don't know maybe she's related to someone that would be a turn for Roswell wouldn't it yeah right I assume I assume she's involved somehow and she's going to come into it. I mean, other than that, it truly might be the biggest waste of time Roswell's ever spent on any plot that lasted longer than an episode. I mean, she has to be because given that this is now the last season, so we have 11 episodes after this, like time is money here. Like we're getting to the end and I, I need a reason for us to be spending this time on her so let's talk about um max being the absolute worst with the natsa i was shaking with rage watching that scene like i thought that we had moved past this max like and i truly with no dislike with no because with understanding that everybody likes characters differently if you like Max, that's fine. Whatever. I mean, it doesn't, I'm not I'm one of those that's going to put morality on you liking a character. If you like Max, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Whatever. He's a hot guy. Whatever. But I want someone who genuinely likes Max to come and explain to me how you justify this behavior that we've seen multiple times throughout the show, but now we've seen it at a time that could not be worse. Not only is he still a cop, but he's talking like, to a black woman like she's an absolute piece of shit with zero respect being weirdly aggressive like how do you how do you I don't understand how you justify that I don't think you can justify it because this is Max season one this is Max hitting Michael this is Max defending his family or whatever and being a dick about it this is not the Max of season four that I thought when he was like towering towering over her like even without the the verbal threats, like you're really going to have the white cop being physically threatening to, to the black woman. Absolutely not. I almost turned the episode off. Yeah. And he's, he's in his uniform. We've never had really, um, I don't want to say explanation, but like a resolution, I guess, of the fact that he's still a cop after being off of that line of work for a while so like really is that what we want to do um he verbally threatens her like he almost gets to the point that he says i will kill you and i'm glad that she responded but she should not have been in that situation in the first place so i hope that we see someone protecting her um but at this point how everyone treated Anatsa in this episode I really don't think they will I feel like Kyle so treated bad. her like shit which you know Kyle has you know um you know reasons and more reasons of saying that still the way he said that stuff cringe what Isabel did which I think we'll talk about later um cringe and this like is this really how we want to treat not only a black woman a queer black woman and also in the line of work that she is in like she's a journalist we've like, already is spent, this we've really spent, we've spent the last to do? six years in this country hearing people in in real life talking absolute shit about journalism it's taken a hit from the constant attacks from the right. And here we have a perfect, just like microcosm of what's happening in this country. And it is wildly out of line with what I thought Roswell would do. I mean, it's, I mean, this, this is insane. And I can, I feel bad for Nata. Like I, I don't even want her on the show because she doesn't deserve any of this. Because she didn't, she doesn't deserve to be treated this way at all. 
Like, yeah. why bring her in to just do this to her? Yeah, and I think, you know, if they'd um, kind of like justified, quote, justified um, the scene in the way that she then is right, you know, well, she's right. <laughs> I mean, she's just trying to do an investigation for her article and, you know, fact check her article and whatever but um the scene the the show pretty clearly i think sided with max so if it was the other way around then maybe i could have justified the scene um but as it is no mm -mm. how are you going to turn around and have your main like one of your main characters, your the love interest of the protagonist of the show, do something like this is like something that the um, I forget I don't remember anything from last season. The the white supremacist from the, from last season. I would see a scene with them threatening her like that, but you're gonna have Max Evans threaten her like that, and it doesn't All make cops sense. All cops are bastards. All cops are bastards. And they're proving it, even if that's not their goal, they're proving it right now. And he's not even just a cop anymore, he's the sheriff. Yeah. Um, and this was so minor in all of that scene, but like the fact that he said specifically, you're just something like, you're just a woman who's sleeping with my sister or just because you're the one who's sleeping with my sister. Like, just because we haven't seen it, Isabel and Lata still have been dating for six months. This is not like a one night stand. This is an important relationship that in Isabel's first relationship with a woman, they've just said, I love you, which I don't know if Isabel discussed with Max, but anyway, we've seen how much it, it means to them. How are you going to, you know? Also, how many times have we seen Isabel overshare with her brothers? I know for a fact that she has said to Max and Michael, you know, I, that she has shared more information. So they should know that it's a lot more important than just, you're just sleeping with my sister. Once again, it's another instance of Max just brushing off Isabel's sexuality and what's important to Isabel. And I, I swear to God, I could talk about this for, for three days. It's just, it's just terrible. It reminded me of the scene back in season one in the bunker with Max and Michael where he just kind of dismissed Michael's sexuality. Like, you know, I don't care if you're gay or whatever. I so. almost made a comparison gift set. I almost got so mad that I almost did it. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to deal with that. But I thought about it because it's the same vibe. Also same vibe. It doesn't have anything to do with that scene, but he calls in this episode, it calls Michael Guerin. Yes, thank you. I was like, since when is he Garen? He's what? been taking over. This isn't Max. Actually, probably is, Do we think it's Jones again? <laughs> I, I said that. Jones. I said that to Katie. I was like, maybe this is Jones. Like, what's happening? This doesn't feel, feels like we're going back in time. Yeah. The, the moment, I will say, as much as I had deep hatred for Max throughout this episode, that, that scene towards the end where he pretended to be Jones and for a moment, I was like, oh, yes, my Jones is back. Just give him back. Give him back. Give him back. <laughs> he was so much more interesting. Everything was more interesting. Like the Nathan was more interesting when he was playing Jones. I know it was a, it was a brief second and I loved it. Yeah. I will, I will say that I wish that they would have run with that with, uh, and we'll talk about Bonnie and Clyde later in the episode, but I wish that they had run with, him pretending to be Jones for a couple episodes because I, I love Jones and um, I will give kudos to Nathan, but like the switch in his facial expressions when he decided he was going to pretend to be Jones, I, I dug it. Yeah. It was kind of funny how quickly he fucked up though. <laughs> yeah, he didn't last immediately. One second. This is Max. Five seconds. Bumbling fucking idiot. Couldn't even do it. Okay. So now let's get into it and talk about Malik's. Um, <laughs> I want to 
So no worries, Elena sent us a comment that has been in my mind since the first episode this season is why does Michael look dirtier than ever? He's disgusting. It's gross. And then you add the mustache on top of it. He looks like he looks like he lives in a field in the middle of nowhere with no running water. You would never know that now he lives in like a nice suburban home with his boyfriend. He looks homeless. Alex, Alex says something like that he has had trouble settling in. Maybe he hasn't settled into the bathroom yet. Because maybe he doesn't, maybe the shower, I don't know what's happening. Did he break the shower as well? And like, there's a line, there's always been a line with Kieran, right? Like where it's sort of dirty when it's hot, right? Like dirty, hot. We're like over the line of dirty, gross. You know what I mean? Like we're, and I love, Lamus is always going to be, you know, sexy and Garen's always going to be sexy, but it's just, he's crossing that line. You know how women have the crazy hot scale? This has like, you know, like hot, dirty scale. We're, 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 it's too, we're too over it now. I wonder if like, subconsciously like michael's rebelling against like his new suburban life by like refusing to shower what a choice lamus what a choice so we got several malik scenes and all i could think through the whole thing is they're so fucking dramatic i love them every scene is just this epic fan fiction-esque like declarations at each other which i i appreciate but I was, but like several times, I was like, I, y'all gotta have like a normal conversation. Hell no! Hell no! Yeah, we are we are full on. We have ne- they've never had a normal conversation since we've ever known them. So why would That's they true. start? You know, I, this is just how it always is, and I love it. I think it's quite funny how every episode for them is like they have this epic kind of not fight necessarily but something someone has a different opinion and then by the end of the episode they they're back together and happy again and it's kind of like you're doing the same thing over and over and over over different topics like can we like move well and i think that we've had this conversation on the podcast about how they have the same scenes over and over and over again um at least this time it didn't seem like like the last episode with how like conflicted Michael was, at least that seems to have been pretty resolved. Uh, yeah, I think it was much mild, like more mild kind of expression of worry, which, and it's something that he's been worried about since season one. So it kind of does, I think it makes more sense than him being that nervous about moving in. I think at least from my point of view, um, I think it moved already moved past the idea of having the console being something that could bring him home or whatever. So that was kind of weird. But I do understand what he says about it being a heirloom and one of the few things, you know, that he has about his own planet. Um, not necessarily that he wants to go back to that planet, but um, it's just something that reminds him of, of that. I- so. I would disagree that this is the same argument or the same conversation that they have. Like, I thought this was a major breakthrough, you know, in a, in very, in very Roswell fashion of, you know, we just get flashes of Michael being this vulnerable and like, and, and saying the things that he wants to say right when he wants to say them and, and finding a way to say it. So I, you know, I, this is probably the best Malik scene we've had. And, and the, the one that has, been built up the most like a most a more logical one in a long time it didn't feel like it came out of nowhere it felt like it came out of Michael finally bursting through some of his like issues and and coming out the other side and and really wanting to give Alex something or and 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 some peace of mind about how he feels about him so I I loved it every I, I loved every part of this episode with them um I want to talk for a minute about how like Alex is just 1000% team deep sky. Deep sky is the answer to everything for Alex. It just seems odd for him to be like this, just like all in no suspicions, no worries about anything. The secret government agency or whatever it is, it's just, Aces, we love it. 
And like for him to, I would think that he would know that like Michael's not going to be comfortable with taking this piece of alien tech out of his bunker to to deep sky. I look to the point like I was like, why would you even ask? You're going to know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, I I'm kind of confused about how we pretty quickly move from season one, Alex being in the military but critical about it, and then moving on from the military just to something that is you know, office military, basically, um, and not being worried at all about it. And then in early, what was it, early season three, he had the discussion with Forrest and, like, like, blaming Forrest for being part of Deep Sky, and then you go completely opposite. I don't know. Um, It is a little weird. I'm glad that he got to the conclusion that he didn't, have to bring the alien tech to deep sky which i'm just never gonna care about deep sky i'm never i'm i just it was one of those well because i think it's one of those that there was potential there and then it just sort of it it had the potential to be this sort of entity to fight against or you know whatever and now it's just it's just sort of there I, i you know i don't really understand alex's I don't know if it's just this absolute deep-seated need to please a father figure. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, that's my assumption. Um, you know, anything to do with Eduardo or, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a, the whole thing is weird. I, every time he talks about Deep Sky, I just die a little. I'm like, I don't, this isn't what you should be focused on. Yeah, because also the thing is, it's just one of the hundreds of fake red flags that we got from Roswell that, you think everything is evil and then they kind of turn around and say, nope, nope, they're fine, actually. They're good guys. So you, you still get, you know, confused about everything that's going on because you're still, again, mistrustful of all that because it doesn't really make any sense that they will be good guys. Well, and it's glaringly obvious with Deep Sky that it was originally intention to be evil. They were originally intention to be the bad guys. And then they changed their mind halfway through, which I mean, whatever, but this is, this is glaringly obvious, especially last season, but still this season that they were supposed to be the bad guys. And now they're not. Um, you know, years, <clears throat> years from now, when we, you know, discuss, you know, what, I don't know, when we discuss Roswell again, or if we do, I think that Deep Sky is going to be one of the biggest failures of the show or, or lost missed opportunity of this show. Um, now, you know, especially, I don't know, maybe it's because they're not getting the fifth season they always planned for. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's, I think switching gears on Forest and Deep Sky halfway through was a fail. And I don't think they've ever caught back up from doing that. I think that you should go with know the most dramatic cw decision and trying to switch it to something else it's just not going to work okay let's talk about dad sanders because i love that scene it was amazing i loved him kind of knocking some sense into michael and being such a dad and just this grump old man just being like you need to just love your boyfriend (laughs) and let him in i thought it was great I, he's always it's always gonna be great when Sanders pops up he's just like Arturo he just sort of pops up he'll give a little bit of advice help solve a mystery give some sort of insight and then he pops away and I do appreciate that you know I I would definitely love to see him more but this was he's just exactly what Michael needs you know and and is it always going to be a little bit sad that he didn't get it when he was younger and more impressionable yeah but just knowing that Sanders has been there for so long for him it just I love it what is this it's a spectrum analyzer. I'm trying to detect any unusual currencies being emitted by the console. Try and be in the keyword. Well, why don't you ask your pretty looking fellow to help out? He's got all the cutting edge gadgets, doesn't he? This console is the closest I've ever come to finding a way back to our planet. I'm not gonna let them mess it up at Deep Sky. You don't trust Alex to take care of it? Not in the same way I trust myself, no. It's not his dream. Yeah, but it's yours. And he loves you. 
That's what it means to walk through this crazy little thing called life with someone, kid. Venturing into uncomfortable territory. Speaking of Arturo, like what I would give for just one little scene of Arturo and Sanders talking about their alien children together. I would, I would give a lot of money for that scene. Same. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love how clear it is now that Sanders is that father figure for Michael. Um, the fact that they both recognize that um, and how much of an impact his opinion has on Michael. Um, I really love that scene of, you know, when he kind of like did this little point, kind of like punch Karras, some kind of thing um, to Michael's jaw. That was so like that figure. Um, I really loved it. And I love that he has for couple of seasons now being the one to give him advice about Alex um, and what to do with Alex. Um, so yeah, even though it's pretty clear that, I think it's clear that Sanders is a, it's like a bachelor, I don't, you know? I don't think he's married. I don't think he's- No, God, no. Mm-hmm. No. You know? And he's not so, what you would expect as someone who would understand, like, you know, he's an yeah. old white dude who lives in literally out in the middle of the desert you know what I mean like you would not expect him to be very open-minded but then he'll you're you know what did he call Alex your pretty little fella your pretty fella yeah. or whatever he called him and I was like that's the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life like what is happening yeah. and so I do kind of like that subverting that trope of of who we thought Sanders was I mean he just looks dirty and grimy and gross um but then again so does Karen so I mean yeah he gets it from his dad yeah <laughs> Exactly. Um, okay. So let's talk about the last Malik scene with <laughs> those two lines in particular that I, yeah, I love it. I, I love it. I'm not disparaging it, but it makes like, I think that, and this is a me thing. It makes me like uncomfortable <laughs> to watch this. Like I can read it in thick and I'm fine, but like these big romantic declarations, I'm just like, oh, I can't. And I think it's because I love them so much. But the the you're my home line, I was just like, I just need to like lay down for a minute. And um, the whole the pieces want to be together. You know, was it a bracelet or was it a necklace? It's a necklace because he was wearing it. That's what I thought. And I was like, it's it's always has the whole, you know, pieces want to be together home. Is it always been cheesy? Yes. I mean, it's they're very cheesy lines, but. I think that it is 100% a gift for fans of to, to bring all that back, right? And to, to, to bring up all this sure. past history and say it again. And it's always going to be, it's always going to be a little cringy, always. Anytime they say any like big dramatic thing, I'm like, that's the cutest, dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I love it. But it is always going to be a little like, oh, but, you know, it's, this show is like just fan- sort of like mediocre fan fiction come to life sometimes and I love it yeah 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 I (laughs) am but you know the Vlamis and Tyler play it with such sincerity that it makes it work yeah I think kind of like I think Vlamis's like stress or like emphasis on some of the words in some of those lines were kind of weird like I don't know, um, but um, it was very cute. I still, I'm still frustrated about the fact that they don't say "I love you," because um, how what are you? How are you gonna have Sanders say "Alex loves you" to Michael's face, and then have a scene like that and not say it? But uh, I am convinced that it's it is going to be like their big thing in like the finale or one of the final episodes is going to be like the big thing is going to be them saying I love you to each other. Um, and, I, and I think in I some ways so. it's almost like it doesn't matter in some ways because I know that they do. So it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, the reason it matters is because every other character gets to say it. Like I guarantee you, Kyle's going to say it to Isabel. Like every character gets to say it to every other character. So it's like, you know, at this point, it's just really, it's about equality, goddammit. And, and if everyone else gets to say it, then, then Michael and Alex need to be able to not talk in metaphors and just say it 
at least once in present exactly. tense. Yeah, because it's like, exactly. I mean, they've said it before in past tense. One, um, two. Yes, absolutely. We do know that they love each other. They know that they love each other. Everyone knows that they love each other. It's not about that. It's about hearing it and seeing it on screen being said. Um, two queer men saying I love you to each other. Like, I know as far as like as far as I'm concerned, I watch mainly shows with queer characters. So by now is something that I hear a lot, I guess, but I think it's still a revolutionary thing to see on screen. So why not? You know? Okay. So we got the most comments naturally for the Malik stuff. My favorite was from Crickety about um, that last Alex where she said, did they seriously just literally bury their gays? Yes, and I love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> During Pride Month even, like I'm so excited. I bury them, bury him. Make, make Michael go after him. I love it. It was the funniest thing. Like, was that literally? Hilarious. Hilarious. Like, at this point, it has to be on purpose. Like, they have to have thought about it. Oh, I have absolutely no doubt that it was like a funny in the writer's room. Like, guess what we're going to do? Like, absolutely. I have, if it, and if it wasn't, that actually would piss me off more. You know what I mean? Like, then you did literally do it and you didn't think about it. But I have to believe it was sort of like the really, like a funny little thing. I have to. I just imagine the writer's room and they're like, you know, obviously they had their reasons that they had to write Tyler out of a majority of the season. And so like they're sitting there like, okay, how do we do this? What do we do? And somebody like as a joke is like quicksand. And then they're like, yes. Like and then I was joking. Do we know that he's not, we don't know that he's gone the majority of the season. Do we? I thought he was gone for a good chunk. We don't know that. We don't know that I at think all. Most, most of the fandom assumed it because he, he wasn't seen on set much. Yeah. But and we, he had health issues. So I, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know that we've given been given like an episode number or how no, long he's going to no, be no. gone. At least a couple. You know, I'm sure he'll be gone for at least a couple. But yeah, I don't. Some people were thinking it was going to be like seven episodes, and I just I think that came out of nowhere. I don't think that was based in any. Mm-hmm. No, and even if even if it is more episodes than usual, more than the usual three, I think they will find a way to kind of like cut those times like maybe we don't see him for a couple of episodes and then we see him again and then we don't see him for a couple of episodes and kind of like that I think we're going to see him quote-unquote regularly um and not not see him for 10 episodes and then seeing him the finale if that makes sense um which (laughs) Murphy Vi gave I liked her comment and she's like how is it that a trained airman keeps getting kidnapped? Like <laughs> aliens. That's why. Aliens, sure. That's the only reason. Um, you know, it's also funny that someone made a set um, on Tumblr. Um, he's also wearing the same leather jacket both times that he gets kidnapped. Exactly. Which is like so it's funny. That, the, the, the leather jacket that keeps getting him in trouble. Um, so the leather jacket is unlucky is what we're saying I am super excited that Alex got kidnapped I'm so sorry I know that there are people that were just super dramatic about it I was like I can't believe maybe it's just the fan fiction you know lover of me but I want nothing more than this kind of conflict where it's not a conflict about their relationship but it's a conflict from outside forces where one has to go save the other that's literally what I live for what else would we be here for no offense to anyone, I don't want to watch 13 episodes of Domestic Malik's. So sorry. I know that that bursts a whole lot of bubbles, but hell no. If we got more, if, we, if I knew more seasons were coming, I would want I would want that woman to fucking wipe Alex's memory. Make it start all over. Man, I, I, I would love it. I think, you know, part of me is kind of very calm about this because I know it's not dead. I know it's going to come back. I know it's going to be, it's going to be fine. So bring it on i mean bring the angst on um i do hope that it's different from 
the season two kidnapping just because that was so fast that was literally one episode of Michael figuring stuff out and then they were reunited um so I do hope it takes a bit longer um just to create more conflict and more hope it's a, yeah I hope it's a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more yeah especially I have you know it's gonna have something to do with that necklace and Michael's gonna think he's dead that's that's where I'm yeah. hoping it's going but then again I've also hoped for things in the past and yeah. not gotten them so I think for sure it will take I don't think next episode anyone is even gonna know that Alex is gone because it's supposed to be you know gone from town to research deep sky stuff so you know I mean I would think that Michael would would come and be like he hasn't texted he hasn't called but I don't know if there's that couple I'm maybe not but um I think it'd be a few, like a few days for them in the show to to kind of figure out that he's, he's gone, gone. Oh, I think so too, which I don't know that, that kind of bugs me. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna worry when you don't hear from your partner for like days. Like, I, I don't know, but it's, but it's Roswell, time, it's for narrative purposes. But it's, it's the same time, not every couple talks every day, you know, especially a couple like Michael and Alex you know where it just feels a little bit deeper than that and there's sort of different insecurities I don't know I could see them you know maybe not weeks certainly not weeks by any means but I think a few days I don't think that that would be unusual especially when they're really busy I can't imagine that that would be I can't imagine them being like super like clingy people yeah I could also really see them justify with something really stupid like he has no service or something like that or Michael saying he's really I'm like I imagine he's really busy you know tracking down those that stuff for deep sky so he hasn't checked in like something very stupid like that which seems stupid but for them it will work like and in the context of Roswell as a show work all right do we have anything else we want to talk about with mallets just one little thing about Alex. I was very glad for that one tiny little scene of Alex with someone else that isn't Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, even if he was Max. Yeah. We're falling into some traps that I really, 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 really hate. All right. Let's move on and let's talk about um, Isabel and Anatza and Kyle. Um I'm not really sure where I want to start with this because, you know, Max was awful to Anatza, but we have come so far with Isabel and her ideas of consent for her to mindscape Anatza. And like, you could, you, you knew she was conflicted about it. Like she didn't want to do it, but she still she still did that to her partner against her will yeah I mean I know she was crying about it she was conflict whatever um also it's not I mean it's not to say that it's better to lie to your partner but essentially since she was lying anyway I think she could have figured out a better lie I don't you know um I think it could have gone a different way than going into the mindscape and and doing that and forcing her to look elsewhere um also I'm kind of you know I know Anatza is a journalist and what she's looking into could potentially be dangerous to the aliens but last episode Isabel was ready to tell her about aliens so I'm just kind of like where does this 180 come from you know um I don't, I don't know I think it's it's very weird how everyone treated her an outside mean in this episode um Kyle as well it was very weird um every character on a lot of these characters we just we skipped three seasons of development like in some ways with Max and even Isabel in the mindscape just that was disappointing to see that's not what I wanted that's not what I wanted for Isabel do I understand hesitance in telling Anatza? Of course, <clears throat> it's a big deal, especially when they spent the first how many years of their life, excuse me, um, so wary of other people and so worried about what that means. And telling a reporter is definitely a very scary step, but I don't know, this, it, it's not sitting right. 
I mean, this episode was clearly like the start of writing a not so out of the show. So, so we can make room for Kyle and Isabel. Um, but it was such a quick, just like, okay, now she's on her way out. Whereas in the last episode, Isabel is in love with her, is ready to tell her her big secret. And now all of a sudden it's, we're done. And it's just, it's very abrupt. And I wonder if the writers and the producers at this point knew that they probably weren't going to get the fifth season. And so now they're having to kind of push up their timeline a little bit. And that's the only thing I can think of to explain the abrupt switch and where it seemed to be going with Anatza. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, At the same time, I wish it could have been not as much about her being a journalist and a reporter because like again we go back to her being you know part of the press and how the last few years between you know politics and and press and um events and cops and you know all of that meshes together and that part of the conversation it's just so hard to see a show you know completely writing off like a reporter in that way um and every every other character brushing her off like that um so yeah I think I think that's the part that doesn't sit right with me um that that's what they're you know focusing on which makes sense because that's their job I mean it makes sense that they focus on that side of her um but I I I don't know I just it, it just feels weird to have that you know the show side with um, the other side, I guess. So do we have a name for this random chick that Kyle is F2. apparently having a drink with? <laughs> That's it. That's her name. Why does he always get some random person that has no connection to anybody as his love interest? Like, I mean, I don't think she's a love interest. I think the whole point was just seeing Isabel's reaction when she sees them. Right. I don't don't think she's going to (laughs) be, I don't think she's going to be in any other episodes. You don't think so? I thought maybe we'd see her in the next episode. That might be the next one, but not not more than that. I just thought it was, it's so random. And I know that the whole point was for Isabel to see them at the pony together, (laughs) but it was just very random. Do we have anything else we want to talk about with those three? I don't listen. I want to like Isabel and Kyle, and I do like them, and I do think they're good together, but I don't like how they're going about it. Like the whole thing, the whole that last scene with them and the pony, the fact that Isabel just mindscaped Anatta, and then she just goes into the pony, sees Kyle as all these archives, and then just goes out. And I was like, what, what just happened? Like, why are we doing this so quickly? I think I'm and just going to always be mad. That what was, the, they brought Nanatsa in to be literally a token character for Isabel. And again, being by and, and being attracted to a bunch of different people, Isabel never had to be with a woman. She never had to, you know, never had to sort of prove it. Now, I do think, you know, for people to take it seriously on TV with a wider audience, they do, they did need to see it, whether or not that's right or not. But it just felt like, I don't know. I don't know. The whole, the whole thing from beginning to end is really upsetting me. They did a not so dirty the whole time. And now they're sort of tainting Isabel and Kyle, who I would have enjoyed from the beginning. I think it just should have. It's almost like I wish this sort of a Natsa Isabel thing could have happened or Isabel like two seasons ago. You know what I mean? Like give us some yeah. time in between, but I don't know. It's just, it's not the, it's not, yeah. it's, it's the kind of love triangle I hate right now. Yeah. Either that or somehow justify not bringing a Natsa back for season four, you know, and just leave it in season three. And then you have a six months um time jump so you can find a way to justify it you know um even if you somehow during the season like we talked about find out that this is going to be your last season i don't know go back and rewrite some stuff 
take her out you know I think that would have made more sense um it would have you know frustrated me less at least for sure like if we you know the show has a history of of showing not telling or telling not showing sorry um you, you could have just had Isabel be like oh Anata took a job somewhere else you know and it just didn't work out and it could have been the end of it you know it's there it's attempting another love triangle again that doesn't work so now i guess we'll get into the um the, the plot of the episode such as it is um the science stuff that I don't understand. St. Elmo's Fire is a movie from the 80s. That's a movie with Rob Lowe. That's all I got. That's all I got. (laughs) When they kept saying it, I was like, I can hear the the song St. Elmo's Fire and I can see Rob Lowe. That's all I got. Couldn't tell you anything else. Um, I don't understand any of it. I don't understand why it was raining alien goop everywhere. Um, the, The the locust guts clinging to the con- sure I, I don't understand the point of it i'm sure we'll get some kind of pseudoscientific explanation at some point it's just um, another it's another biblical thing too with the locusts i'm like man you, you guys have never met a mo- metaphor you hated never once i really that's fun i kept thinking about when we had shauna on the show last season and she was talking about the the biblical exactly. metaphors and stuff and i was like Oh yeah. yeah, here it is. Again. Here we are. <laughs> and raining fire. Yep. Yes. <laughs> ah! It's all together. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, sure, why not? All at the same time. Um they, you know, they, okay, so they could have found better names for Bonnie and Clyde. Um I mean, I think that's ugh. the point. I think they specifically chose those names well, them yeah, as characters. Um because they don't have names. Right. You know, there's just the, the only reason it bugs me is that Clyde was literally beat the shit out of Bonnie. Like it's a really gross thing to call them. And I know why they're calling them that they're bank robbers. I get that. It's, it's still gross. Like, it's just gross to me. Like we could, uh, we could have found any other names. I don't know, but I just don't like them. So I don't care. And I mean, the casual viewer and the cat, the person who just casually knows history is not going to know the real quote unquote story about Bonnie and Clyde and what horrible kind of people they were. And, um, and I get, you know, you associate Bonnie and Clyde with like these, you know, bank robbers who were living life and just, you know, stealing money and stuff and all. So whatever, it's fine. I'll live with it. Um, they're bland. They're boring. They're white bread. Yeah. You have yeah, aliens. I don't. You have aliens. A whole opportunity of aliens, of personalities you could bring to the show. And you brought me two fucking hippie fucking hipsters talking about shit that I don't care about. And they're boring. They're every other white character. Just copy and paste it into the show. Like what an opportunity. What are opportunities that we have? How many do we have to miss? I, I, it's almost irrational how much I hate them. I don't think we're supposed to love them, but I think they're boring. I'm not mad at their characters. I'm mad at their existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I agree. I think there is no really a point to them thus far. So like every scene is such like them kind of like understanding how to be human. It's like, I don't I don't care. Like if you have something that matters to the plot, just tell me and then we can move on to stuff I actually care about. You know, in next episode, Michael helping them. I'm sure there's a reason, but it just feels gross. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, their um whole like humanity is awful. Like we should we we don't need to be helping them. So I'm like, it's just this is an original. I don't care. It's I heard I've heard this. You go into any hipster bar in Nashville. Some guy with shitty tattoos, some white guy with shitty tattoos talking about how, you know, humanity's failing. Well, I've just heard all of this before. None of it was original. Like it just, I, I, I ended up muting them. 
I was like, I don't, anything that they tell me will be told in another way. And you know, with characters I like more. So screw it. Yeah, I think, you know, between the three new aliens, I think Tesca is the most interesting one. And oh, for sure. I don't know if it's because we haven't seen much of her. And then, so she couldn't, you know, say much that we would find boring. But um, I think the little scenes that we've had of her so far, A, she's clearly like the leader of the trio. Um, and I'm, I'm intrigued by her. So I I hope we see more more of her and less of the other two, but I know we'll see more of the other two because Michael's coming in. So um, yeah. Um. So I'm always here for Cam. I'm always here for more Jenna. Um, I loved her in this episode. I loved her in her scenes oh. with Dallas and. I love I her asking Max, like, what's wall. his deal? I love her asking Max, like, hey, hook a girl <laughs> up. Like, what's what's his deal? And I was like, damn, that's, I really enjoyed that. That's yeah. my, that's the best part. And I like this so much more than that weird flirting thing with Maria in the last episode. Like, Maria, who has a, I'm assuming, a boyfriend. I mean, that's where she and Greg are now. Um and no worries, Elena sent another comment that said that, you know, we're shipping Dallas with everyone. I love that. I loved the two of them together. I loved her kind of like, you know, broadcasting naughty thoughts at Dallas and just, you know, gritting at him being like, hey, what's up? Um, I just, I didn't realize how much I missed Cam last season until we had her back. It was oh, yeah. just I'm, she, it was so good. Yeah. You know, do I love this sort of like, always love this like sort of buddy cop thing she's got going on with max like hey it's fine but i i I think it's kind of undeniable that their chemistry as friends is 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 really is really great and they do play off each other very well and i'm glad that she i'm glad that she's here um she adds this sort of like sassy like um you know character that really puts max in his place and, and puts men in their place in general like I've never, we don't have another female character that is very quick to just, to put men right where they belong. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, um, that dynamic and her as a character breaks with like, kind of like the monotony of what Max scenes are. Usually, um, I did like her flirting with Dallas. I'm just kind of like, is everyone trying to sleep with Dallas at this point? Because I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. Yeah that's i mean i wouldn't blame them but um like what is going on but um yeah no it was funny i think them as a trio that worked pretty well together um i'm still very confused about how they're going on you know they're going about how dismissive max was of dallas and maybe it was coming i maybe it was coming off the thing with him in a nasa that really made me kind of oversensitive to who he you know what I mean but I that again felt really weird we're talking about aliens you have another alien here yeah why would you dismiss dismiss him so quickly and I'm sorry it's just you're being dismissive of the 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 two of you the black characters on the show I don't know I just did it was weird timing maybe it was just this episode but that rubbed me the wrong way too yeah um yeah, I'm still in general very confused about their investigation. Like, are they just bad at their jobs, or like, what's going on here? Because like that line, <laughs> that line that I forget who it was, um, where they mentioned that Jenna hasn't reported to her superiors about anything. Like, I feel. I mean, you know, that's going to come back into play at some point, but it's why. You know, because I, I I understand they're trying to be secretive about the alien part of the investigation, but at the same time, I feel like it should move quicker, you know? I feel like they should have found something out at this point, I don't know. But yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, even the thing with um, Graham Green, is that his name? Um, and Jenna, you know, kind of questioning him and 
him being able to kind of dismiss her so quickly. It was like, she's an FBI agent, like shouldn't be able, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea how American laws or like American, <laughs> you know, police service works, but um, I feel like he shouldn't be able to dismiss an agent so quickly. So I don't know. Well, if he didn't, we would live in like a totalitarian, you know, <laughs> you know, there's not a whole no, lot of authority I, that she has. Like, there's no, no, not- I understand. But I, I think, you know, I think she should have been kind of a little more prepared Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Well, she has to be a baby FBI agent because it hasn't hasn't been that long, you know. But apparently, in the what year and a half that she's been gone, she learned four languages at Quantico. Okay. Uh, that's how quickly you could learn languages as an adult. Duh. Obviously. I mean, maybe she did a, a full immersion of one month per language. I don't know, like a couple of months per language. <laughs> that could work. Um, okay, so let's talk, uh, we brought her up briefly, let's talk about Tesca. Um, I'm with Mick, I like her so much more than the Bonnie and Clyde characters, and I think, you know, there's some mystery there, especially her, connect- wasn't, wasn't she the one at the end of season three that was talking to Allie? Okay. Yep. Um, I'm interested to see where that goes, I'm interested to see, you know, what her, motives are because she clearly knows more than Bonnie and Clyde I think she's definitely um at least you know um kind of talked to Jones on their own planet or she has you know she was the one who communicated with Jones I think I think that's pretty clear that she's the one who has the plan in mind um so it's going to be very interesting. I think everything that she did doesn't make any sense for now, but it, it's intriguing again. Um, and the one thing that I am intrigued about is um, not her, not um, Clyde mentioning um, Ophiuchus, which, bitch, are we bringing that back? Are we bringing you Noah know back? Funny? We're bringing things back that, if we had another season, man, there's so much that could be done with this. And it's like, it took you this long to bring all this together. And now I want nothing more than another season to, to explore some of these because now they're really bringing back or, or sort of vaguely bringing things back from the original Roswell or at least mentioning them or they're sort of related and there's some really truly good opportunities here and i'm i'm i hate that we only have 11 episodes left you know because i i don't think they're gonna be able to explore some of these as, as well as they want if you know i would i i if nora came back that would be amazing nora. yeah i don't think you know i don't think they'll have time no or they'll manage i think maybe they'll set it up uh to be like the plan is to bring him back and then they the heroes will manage to um, stop that I think that's how it is set it up but it would be fun to see you know to have a finale where you see kind of you know like a mention of it or like maybe a flashback or something it would be fun to see yeah for sure I am um, I really had I I had to think when she said Ophia kiss I was like that's familiar <laughs> yeah that one was a was a long time ago. Like that was a reference yeah. that we haven't heard, you know, in a while. That one I can understand being like, you know, I, I, I think even if we, if we even when it was relevant, like even season one, they kind of dropped it in the middle of the season anyway. So yeah, it didn't really make sense in season one anyway. So all right, do we have anything else to say about the actual plot of the episode? we're such fans okay favorite part uh mick you go first um i'll stick with the dads and say sanders and michael scene and that's it we already discussed it so that's it (laughs) thank you it's either sanders or i'm telling you that second of cam being like hey 
tell me about Dallas over there. What's his thing? Because it's just so bold. It's just, it's just so cam. So, but also seeing Sanders being a dad, I mean, that's all, that's the squishy gooey part. Obviously the Malik part is amazing, but I do absolutely cherish Alex being put into mortal peril. Sorry guys. Um, for I was me, thinking you I, were gonna say Alex being put in group scenes. <laughs> <laughs> True. You more than, you talk to somebody else. Um, for me, I'd have to say it's a tie between the the dad Sanders scene because I just thought that was the sweetest thing ever, um, and the last scene with Dallas and Cam. Just that look on her face when she's just like, "Hey, hey." Um, it was so cam and it was so kind of like lighthearted in the midst of a lot of plot. Um, I just love that. And I hope just like purely in a bisexual sense, like I just want to see it. I just really hope we get a scene of Dallas and cam just. Also, wouldn't it be great to have a relationship that's actually easygoing and nice and just, you know, just fun. It's that, you know, even if it was just flirting the whole rest of the season, like, I, I don't care. That's fine. But something fun, that would be nice. Yeah. Where the stakes aren't so high. You right. Know? Exactly. I think it was also adorable how flustered they got <laughs> about the whole yeah, thing. Like, you know? bro, you've looked like that your whole human life. You have yeah. got to be used to people hitting on you. Maybe the preacher thing throws them off. Like maybe the religious thing throws off women, but nah, it's, it's not enough to deter me. If you looked like that, so excuse me, have you seen the reaction to Fleabag and the hot priest? Exactly. Yeah, that's not yeah. that's not a thing. We that's cool. All right. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we wrap it up? All right. Uh, we will be back next week to recap uh, the third episode. In the meantime, you can always find us on our socials on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Uh, We'd love to hear your comments and your opinions, so keep them coming, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye.